When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Record and we are ready to go. Wait. I feel like I'm. Uh, we are ready to go. Scrappy. Whenever you're ready. All right. In three, two. Welcome in, everyone. Once again, you are courtside with Christy and Gabe. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always courtside by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, my goodness, man. Uh, do you still have your seatbelt on from all the WNBA trades or are you, are you good now? <laughs> it's just been a really quiet week for me. You know, I've been able to like do some <laughs> reflection, you know, write some poems, uh, but nothing much is happening in the world of women's basketball not not the number one pick getting traded twice in the day or half I mean, the, half the teams in the league being involved in the trade um right nothing like that i mean nothing yeah just same old same old <laughs> day by day <laughs> it's uh so yeah yesterday was uh insane um and i have been i had been writing a lot about the natasha ha- the possibility of natasha howard getting traded mm-hmm. um just because it kind of seemed like that's where we're heading with this Right. I didn't see this. I didn't see this happening. This whole shebang. Um, so yeah. you can, can I list out um, the what happened yesterday, just so everyone is kind of Absolutely. aware. Absolutely. Okay. So um, let's see. I'm using the Seattle Storms graphic here because they have a really nice graphic to yeah. tell you everything they did. So it breaks down to four trades. The first one being Natasha Howard. Uh, all defensive player, former defensive player of the year. Uh, I think she was in third place in MVP in 2019, going to New York Liberty uh-huh. from Seattle. Uh-huh. Uh, then New York sends to Seattle the number one overall pick in this year's draft, Phoenix's 2022 first round pick, and their own second round pick in next year's draft. New York acquired that Phoenix first round pick in a trade that sent Kia nurse and Megan Walker to Phoenix in exchange for that 2022 second and the number six pick in this year's draft, 
So that's mm. the first part of it. Right. The second part is uh, then that Phoenix first, <laughs> the Phoenix 2022 first round pick going from Seattle to Minnesota for Makia Kiki Herbert Harrigan. Yeah. Um, so she'll be in Seattle. Then in a separate trade, we have Sammy <laughs> Whitcomb going from Seattle to uh, the New York Liberty as a restricted free agent. And then Stephanie Talbot, the rights to signing Stephanie Talbot going from New York to Seattle. Then from there, <laughs> then from there, we have the uh, 2021 first round, the number one overall pick in this year's draft going from Seattle to Dallas for Katie Lou Samuelson and Dallas's 2022 second round pick. So, I mean, that's where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> I am dabbing my forehead like Whitney Houston, rest in peace. Um, but I mean, my goodness. I mean, that had to have been in the works for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to have all the moving parts sync up properly, uh, financially, uh, and with the with the uh, draft picks and everything else. So kudos to everybody involved in that mega, mega movement in the WNBA on Wednesday, I just think that it was uh, it was surprising. I know it was in kind of the works. There were a lot of um, pieces that we kind of predicted would move, but at the same time, we didn't know where we weren't mm-hmm. kind of figuring their landing spots and and how it would actually work. So you know, I like to reference the Rubik's cube a lot. <laughs> I think that there was a Rubik's cube on uh, on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yes. that was this continuing to just trying to find the right pieces, the right places. And I'm intrigued, especially by Natasha Howard going to New York with all those young players. Uh, She brings a championship acumen to that roster. I think that's going to be fun to watch evolve, but wow. It's like UConn West at (laughs) Phoenix, like with Keaners going there too. And I think it's just going to be, um, it's double UConn West. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, now we have all of it, it, it. I was, I tweeted out yesterday, like Gino Ariema is just calling up his players. Like, who do you play for now? What right. team, what team are you on? <laughs> to figure exactly. out who those players are playing. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But so but I kind of, I, I kind of want to go team by team here. Um, okay. and talk about what happened. Cause it, it, it does, it, it, it is hard to keep track of like, who is on what team now? Yeah, uh, I think yeah. we'll eventually get there, but there's going to be times where I forget. Like, oh wait, Megan Walker is in Phoenix, right? So, uh, like you said, let's start with New York. Right. So they they have they got um, Natasha Howard, they got Sammy Whitcomb. It's important to realize that Natasha Howard and Sammy Whitcomb were both free agents, right? So right. what happened was Seattle put the core designation on Natasha Howard, mm-hmm. then. To make this whole thing work, it's a sign and trade. So they signed Natasha Howard to a four-year uh, contract at not not the uh, not this year's supermax at last year's supermax. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. Don't worry about the salaries for now. I'll I'll have we'll have right. pieces breaking it all down <laughs> on her hoops. That's uh, that But uh, so Natasha Howard then signs her four-year contract, gets traded to New York. Sammy Whitcomb, same sort of thing happens. New York side uh, signed her to. Well, they didn't sign her to an offer sheet. Technically, Seattle signed her first, but basically right. the rights to Stephanie Talbot was to say, okay, you don't match this offer sheet, so Sammy's coming here. Mm-hmm. So, and Sammy's on a two-year contract worth uh, right. a little bit over $150,000. Great stuff. Right. That leaves us with a really interesting New York team. So I'm going to throw out a lineup 
that I think yeah. is going to be really interesting this year for okay. New York. So we have Sabrina Nescu. Don't yeah. know. Don't know if y'all forgot about her. I uh, didn't. <laughs> I hope you didn't, because uh, she's coming back with a vengeance this year. Yeah, um, she is. You got Sammy Whitcomb at the two, mm-hmm. Benaja Laney at the three, Jocelyn mm. Willoughby at the four, sure. Natasha Howard at the five. Boy. Futuristic. I'm not sure this is going to be a starting lineup. And we'll, I think I know this lineup's going to play, I think, um, because that just really makes sense with what they're trying to do in New York. But that lineup right. is so different from what they had last year because Sabrina wasn't there because right. the, another three of their starters weren't there. It's kind of like New York has a brand new team and I'm not sure I would have, I'm going to have to do research on this. I don't mm-hmm. think any team has ever done more in WNBA free agency than the New York Liberty did this year. And it's a big risk. Yeah. Because yeah. Benaj- we don't have that much knowledge about Benajelani. Natasha Howard, she has never, she has not been in this role for many years. She's done it one year and she was really good at it. And yeah. Sammy Whitcomb's also a little bit older and has and, and is kind of going to play a little bit of a different role. She's still going to be a floor spacer, but she's going to have a lot more responsibility. And Sabrina Eskew is coming back from an injury, and she's just in her second year after playing three games in her rookie year. So yeah. I know I just threw a lot at you, Christy. No, that's I'm good. <laughs> but what <laughs> what's your initial reactions? to this new look, New York Liberty, and how good do you think they could be? I think they could be great. And I love that move. And I think when you combine the youthful exuberance, if you will, of the team and the roster that they had last year, um, I think that when you bring in that kind of leadership, and players who have been there, done that in terms of deep playoff runs, championship runs, I think it changes your whole personality as a team. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, is is Sabrina Inescu a, a winner already? Absolutely. Yes. But I mean, I could, I could, uh, I could make my favorite meal, but if I don't have it seasoned properly, it's not going not going to be Ooh. right. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think this is like the little extra cayenne pepper, the little extra garlic, <laughs> you know. Just to, just to kind of set the whole thing off. And I think when you can combine uh, that dynamic with players who are ready, like these young players that in New York were last season, and, you know, the injury bug just hit them hard. I think with, um, with everything being said about them being uh, injured and super young and, like, all these excuses, I think they're tired of hearing that too. Mm-hmm. So that's another level of hunger. That's another ember on the fire, like another log in the fire and embers popping off of it. But I just think with, um, with Natasha Howard in particular, I just think that she uh, is so incredibly active on the interior of both sides. Like, she yeah. puts the ball on the deck. She's going to force you to make decisions defensively. She can board out of this world like she's dropping from the ceiling getting rebounds I mean she is all over the place but I think her energy mixed with the youth of that roster I mean that makes it just so intriguing to me I, I want to see what it looks like all combined and and once everyone's back out on the court together because when you have that kind of of um, mix of experience and youth it, it always it, it's always a great thing you know, mm-hmm. both are learning from each other. It's like the the older ones are are learning. I remember being that energetic in my first couple of yeah. years in the season, right? And then the younger ones are learning from the older ones. Like, this is how it's done. This is the blueprint for success. And 
and you know, when you have it together, it's, it's, uh, it's a combustion that you, that you want to see. No, I think, and I think, you know, we have to remember too, Kia Stokes still on this team and yeah. Leisha Clarendon is yeah. still on this team. And that's yeah. really good veteran leadership. Um, mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I really took away from last year's New York Liberty season, I mean, it, well, let's be real. They were bad. They were, they were not good. And that's, that's due to a bunch of different factors. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. they just couldn't win games. They won two games last year, but right. that team cared Throughout the season. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure you've ever been on a really bad team like that, Christy, but I think, I don't think Chris has never been on a bad team, um, but it's hard to keep up that energy and to have them continue to care, continue to, to push forward and grow throughout the season showed me right. a lot about the character of this team and where I think they're going to go. Um, yeah. And so I think there's a lot to, to, you know, figure out and, and to on the court, that's going to, that's going to have to happen. But Mm -hmm. I do really like the upside. I like that they have workers. That's something that Mm -hmm. their general manager, Jonathan Kolb talks about all the time. They have people that are going to want to be in the gym, but Najelani is someone who wants to be in the gym and get better. We saw that last season. Natasha Howard is the same way you have, and you have Sabrina Nesky, who's obviously an insane worker, right? Like you don't get to that. You don't get to Kobe saying how much of a great worker you are without being a great worker. So I think that's really good from a culture perspective um, right. to play a little bit of devil's advocate for with myself. Like there is downside potential. Like if, mm-hmm. if Benajelani just isn't as good as she was last year, this mm-hmm. thing kind of falls apart. If Natasha Howard can't do those things that we think she can do, if she's not yeah. sort of a super scorer, if she can't play center as well as we think she can, which I've seen signs that right. that can happen, this could fall apart. If Jocelyn Willoughby or Leon Odom or, or Jasmine Jones is not good or Kylie Shook, if any of those players just can't yeah. play, then again, this whole thing falls apart. And I True. didn't even mention Maureen Johannes not coming over. So there is – Downside right. potential. It's a big gamble. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of gambles, personally. Me too. You have so to do like, it. I, and that's the other thing, right? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe they could do a long rebuild and have all these pieces. It's like, what player wants – what team wants to lose? You'll play this game to lose, right, Christy? <laughs> that's right. No, you play that thing to win it, and you have to be high risk, high reward. And, I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the most fun – on the court when you're a high risk, high reward, especially when the rewards are, are plentiful on that, with that being <laughs> in mind. I mean, you don't want to be high risk and, and no reward, but I think with, uh, with the players, like you said, I mean, Natasha Howard's numbers were way down last year, but you know, Brianna Stewart came back from her injury. Sue Bird came back for most of the season um, from being out the previous season. So, I mean, a lot of people said, well, she didn't have to do as much last year, but if you look the year before that, you know, when all the pieces were there, she was better than she was last year, even with everyone coming back. So I'm not trying to excuse that. And everybody has their own thing. Yeah. But, you know, her numbers, like her efficiency numbers, her, her field goal percentage, her point production, rebound production, everything was down. Um, the free throw percentage, like everything. So you're right. I mean, they have to come and be their best selves. They have to come in and present like we know they can and who yeah. who they are um, with. Um, with with the with their skill set in that regard, so I just think with um, with all of the expectations in terms of who they could actually be, that's exciting. 
but it remains to be seen. And that's why, you know, we're talking about it, I think, because it's, it's intriguing to think, you know, if they're all at their best, they're all on the court at the same time. I mean, that's, that's the excitement. That's the, that's the great part of this game is seeing how they do mesh together. And, and if they do bring their best selves to the court. And getting, I mean, hopefully we have fans in the stadium this year, right? I, I don't know. know. But whatever, right? It doesn't matter. Like, I want fans in New York to be excited about their team because yeah. mm-hmm. New York is is the market. You know, in any sport, yeah. you want your teams and your biggest markets to be good and exciting. And I think this is a move to make that happen and make people really excited right. about the team in Brooklyn. And I think that's huge, not only for the Liberty, but for the league itself and for us as a fan. Yeah. yeah. So I hope I hope that does go well for them. Do you want to flip it over to Seattle? Um, yeah. So it's different. It's different now a little bit, looked, right? Yeah. And so this is one of those moves. So I get right. First off, like I mentioned, these players were free agents. Like they did have a certain control over their own destiny. Um, however, and, and and Natasha Howard, from what. I've gleaned from people I've talked to, like she just wanted out. So she was going to go. So what they decided to do was instead of bringing back Alicia Clark and Sammy Wickham and trying to replace Natasha Howard, they decided, okay, we're going to go young because Mm -hmm. Brianna Stewart's a free agent next year. Jewel Lloyd's a free agent next year. We're going to have to pay them a lot Mm -hmm. of money. So right now is our chance to try to retool this team, not for next year, but for future years. Right. I think so that's the plan. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. That's the idea. <laughs> that's the idea. Um, they also signed Candace Dupree, which is not getting younger. I love Candace Dupree, but yeah, whatever. Uh, I think she. I think she's. A, I think she actually will help um, them more than other people think they will. She will, but yeah. she's not a young player for any for any stretch of the imagination. But Kiki and Katie Lou Samuelson, and trading yes. specifically trading the number one pick for Katie Lou Samuelson. I don't love the valuation there but i get it i do get it so what do you think of what do you think of it and um do you think that this is the right move for winning in the future i mean weren't we just discussing high risk high reward right Mm -hmm. and 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 again that that still remains to be seen with that kind of move i think that was very aggressive uh for a number one overall pick for Katie Lou Samuelson, but at the same time, you know, Crystal Langhorn retired, you know, Howard is gone Wickham. you know, I think that they, they, and Clark, I mean, we're not even talking about Alicia Clark who, mm-hmm. who made the move to DC. So, I mean, their whole personality is going to be different as a team in terms of who they have on the floor and, and what they want to do structurally in terms mm-hmm. of the tactical play. I just think with with Seattle, I mean, you know, when you have Stewie on the floor, it kind of solves a lot of issues. Yeah, for right? sure. I mean, there's that. But but I also think, you know, just business-wise, I, that's, that's, a, that's a big move. And Katie Lou hopefully will, will step up to that challenge of, of knowing the sacrifice that, that Seattle put on the line for her to be there. So I think as a competitor, I mean, for me, if they if something like that was done for me, uh, how would I view that in my workouts? <laughs> mm-hmm. I would be putting in extra time, extra sessions, extra everything. And not that I wouldn't 
otherwise. But I think there's just added pressure there too for her to come out and maximize the opportunity. And and will she do that? Absolutely. Does she work hard? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I think there's an added extra in terms of the expectation of her to be incredibly consistent, which I think that needs to be cured for her. I think she's a great player. And when she's at her best, she's amazing. But I think in Seattle, especially with them making the trade that they did for that number one overall pick, I think that she needs to be, she has to sustain her efficient play. And, and I think the pressure wasn't necessarily on her to do that before, but I think it's on her now to, to be the same player night in, night out, regardless of defensive schemes that she sees, regardless of, you know, what her teammates are doing, like, what are you bringing to the table and how does that match up with what you've done the last four or five games? Mm-hmm. Like you have to come with the same effort. You have to come with the same expectation of, of what she's going to produce for you. And uh, I think that's the challenge for her uh, going into the season with Seattle. I think to getting consistent playing time, which you got to expect, I have that. like Seattle better play her a lot. Because if you trade the number one pick for someone, and, and I think there's there's another aspect here too, right? Like, they're Katie Lou and Brianna Stewart are good friends. Brianna yeah. Stewart is a free agent next year. Potentially, this uh, pushes Brianna Stewart towards taking an extension this off season, which would be Matt. Like, I can't explain how big that would be for this team because then it would allow them to use the core designation on Jewel Lloyd, and then boom, they don't have to worry about next year's free agency in terms of are they going to be able to keep these players. So if this pushes, if if getting Katie Lou Samuelson pushes Brandon Stewart, like, I don't know, let's say like 5% closer to an extension, then hell yeah, you give it the number one pick. (laughs) Right. For sure. Like I I don't care. Right. But um, the thing is, if you're looking at Katie Lou as a player, the things that we haven't seen from her are getting consistent playing time because she didn't have that in Chicago. She didn't have that in Dallas shooting to the percentage that we believe she can, right? Like this is a player Mm -hmm. who came into the league as one of the best shooters in college basketball from three. Mm -hmm. So we need to see that on a more consistent basis because she just hasn't quite produced. I think last year she was around 31% on a decent volume of threes. So I need to see, I need to see her get up into the 40, close to the 40%. She, she's ostensibly going to replace uh, Alicia Clark, who shot 50% from three last year. So it's yep. like you need you need her to shoot way better from three and need to see more on the defensive end for her because she has been a liability on that end. Mm-hmm. I, not, I don't think she has the tools necessarily to be a plus defender, but she needs to be adequate. You need yep. and it's, it's the same thing with Sammy Whitcomb. You know, I mentioned this when we were talking about New York, but you don't need to be like a great defender. You need to be someone who competes every single possession, understands the concepts, and can execute them adequately i think katie luke can still do all these things i just mentioned right it's a big bet and i really like kiki i I, I like kiki i think getting kiki Kiki. was a nice move because she's gonna help him this year yeah she wasn't gonna play in minnesota um and she she provides sort of a defensive she has offensive upside certainly but i think Uh defensively is where her upside is and that's what i would want yeah i agree with that I, i love kiki too i love her energy you know especially like you said, on the defensive side, I think, you know, you can't have too many, you know, energetic, yeah. defensive minded uh, players on the floor. So, 
yeah, she definitely has that in her bag and, and brings it consistently. Yeah, we'll see though. I mean, to me, I mean, no shit. Oh man, it's gonna come back to bite me, right? Like <laughs> a team with Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, and Brianna Stewart's still damn good. Uh, I would put them just slightly behind some of the other teams in this league that have gotten a lot better. I mean, we've seen Washington get better. We saw Las Vegas get better. We saw Minnesota get better, right? Like there's a lot of teams Chicago. that got better. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's no question that at least for next year, Seattle got worse. Like, I don't think there's an argument to be made that losing Natasha Howard makes you better for next year. Um, yeah. Okay. Phoenix. Yeah. God, there's so much happening. There's so much I happening. I love it. <laughs> Your thoughts. Kia Nurse uh, is going to probably play starting at the three next to Skylar Smith, Diane Taurasi. I mean, Bria Hartley could do it too. She didn't do it last year. It, whatever. They'll, they'll figure it out, right? So Kia Nurse yeah. started at the three. Megan Walker as a backup. She made. She didn't play a lot last year. I hope she's going to get playing time because I think she has a lot of talent. Right. Does this move make Phoenix – is it, does it push them up into your ranking of teams right now? Absolutely. I mean, Kia Nurse, I mean, you heard what Diana Tarazi said about her uh, coming into to Phoenix. She said she's a fierce competitor. And I'm like, that's all you need to know, you know, about Kia Nurse. She's going to give it to you every which way. And she is going to be consistent with her level of effort. And I, I just love that, that, Diana Tarazi is, is giving that credit to her, you know, and, you know, Kia Nurse is probably coming there saying the same thing about Diana. So, I mean, when you have like-minded, fiery competitors like Skylar Diggins-Smith on the floor and, you know, Megan Walker, like you said, coming in, and she could be coming off the bench. Like mm-hmm. Rhea Hartley, we know, you know, unfortunately had the ACL injury this past season, but she was having a career best year across the board statistically and her points of field goal percentage of threes, uh, her defensive prowess. She was all over the place defensively. And it was just so sad to see her go down um, towards the end of the summer. But I think with, with who they have in place and, and the winning mentality that they have, I mean, Skylar Diggins Smith, I I just have that picture in my mind when she knocked in that half court shot and she was just holding the three, three point signal in the air and her teammates were grabbing her and she just had this stoic, um, icy cold face. I mean, that kind of, of fight is what Phoenix is all about. Um, you know, they didn't have Brittany Griner for the majority of last season. And we didn't even talk about her being in that mix. I think, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, that's, that's a crazy skilled lineup right there and, and supporting cast too. Yep. Like you can mix and match off the bench starters, like go big, go small. Like there's so much variety when you're talking about, this new look Phoenix Mercury squad. Yeah. And they do, the bench is huge. Cause they, yeah. I mean, they, it was yeah. a struggle last year cause they got hurt. Um, and it was, mm-hmm. it was awesome because it was, <laughs> it was terrible for them, but it was fun because Diana Trossi decided <laughs> yeah. like, well, I need a rest. I need to work hard on defense, but I need a rest. So my solution is I'm going to jack up 30 footers and bury them. And that's going to be our offense. And that was their offense for right. like the last three weeks of the season. <laughs> it was really fun. It was really it fun. Was fun. And she was, also, was. Uh, she was also lobbying for um, some seven-day contracts on Twitter. She was like, does anyone, anyone, <laughs> have, any, uh, anyone have any need to uh, come, come cha- challenge <laughs> for a spot on our roster? So I thought that was funny, too. You, you should have gone to tryout. I would love that. 
I know, you know, I, you know, if I had known it, you know, give me about eight, eight weeks. I need eight weeks to be ready for something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> for a <seven> so, day. <laughs> so getting that bench depth is huge. Um, I love Kia. I, I think she's going to be really yeah. good there. I'm very happy for her because, you know, she's a free agent next year. I think in New York, just how the way it was looking, they had a lot of, they, they brought in a lot of pieces in front of her. So she may not have had the right. opportunity to shine. And I think, you know, I'm sure as a competitor, like you said, she's, she's got that competitive fire. She came off sure. a, a year where she made the all-star team and had one of the worst seasons, not only in her career, but in WNBA history, because right. she really like sprained her ankle terribly, but she had yeah. to come back because that team was so injured. And then she had to come back and be the number one option when she's not, that's, that's not what she does I mean she right, I think she right. she maybe could have she could have been way better if she didn't sprain her ankle obviously but right. she was in the wrong role and now she's getting into the right role she needs to shoot better on threes certainly mm-hmm. no question yeah. about it she needs to be better on threes as the same thing I mentioned with Katie Samuelson she needs to shoot better but I really like the fit in terms of you have a good defender you have a competitor yeah. you have someone that's going to yeah. come up and, and give you everything you need um I'm, I'm excited for Phoenix too because I I just yeah. I, they were it was a it was a weak spot for them at the three last year. And yes. now the team the team certainly makes a lot more sense. Okay, wait, what else do we have to talk about? Because I got confused. So we talked about we, Phoenix, we talked about yeah. Seattle, we talked about New York. Right. This trade involved half the league. Oh, let's go to Dallas. Okay. Oh yeah, let's talk about Dallas because <laughs> Dallas. Has okay, it's uh, they have. Let me see how many players they have on contract right now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's the maximum players you can have on t- on uh on, on on your team, right? Training camp, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's all the players they have. So they have a they have a maximum number of players ready. They have four first round draft picks, Christy. They have number one, that. number two, <laughs> number five. And number seven, and then the first pick in the second round. So they have actually yeah. five draft picks for them in the first round. Yeah. Something oh has to happen. What do you because it does they, they, <laughs> if you this very simple math as I've as I've explained, something needs to happen because I don't I mean they don't want to cut any. I mean, maybe maybe Megan Gustafson can be uh you know expendable in trade. I don't know. They don't want to trade any of their other players, though. I mean, they like mm-hmm. all these other players, and I think they're a part of the future. So you have to figure out, like, okay, we have to turn these picks into something else, right? Right. And I don't know where that option is. Right. Um, if I was Indiana, I would call and see, like, hey, we have some stuff on our roster. On. Right. <laughs> I, Let's I chat. Think it, I think with – you know, like what you said, if Megan Gustafson is the one you're talking about, I think, you know, they made a mistake when they released her in her rookie yeah. season. And I think all of Iowa was up in arms about yes. that because she was <laughs> national player of the year in uh, in the NCAA or senior season at Iowa. And then, you know, didn't make the, the roster for, for long uh, during her rookie season. But then, you know, what was it, 10 – 10 days later, two weeks later, they were like, yeah, we made a mistake and come on back and got Megan Gustafson back on the roster. So I just think for a player like that, who has a tremendous upside and is extremely efficient, um, especially um, in the paint, you know, she's, she's learning how to, to extend her game and, and uh, open up the floor a little bit, but 
I don't know. I don't think she's expendable. I don't think she's the one they may pull the plug on. I mean, I don't know financially, it's like a, if you're looking like like salary cap wise, but I don't think it's going to be based on, you know, whether or not she can play in the league. I mean, I think no. she definitely proved she proved herself, you know, over and over again, um, being able to to withstand the uh, the professional grind. But again, you know, I think they they learn like she's not the one that we can let go because they they did that and brought her back. So I don't know. It's more of a rank. I don't know who you can change. I don't know who you can like you said. I don't know who it would be. But I don't think it would be her. But I can't I, give you an answer on who I think it would be either. So I don't know if I'm any good for you, Gabe, on that. So I'll I'll, I'll I'll look at it. Tough. But um, the the first like the first thing is like, of course you make that trade. Like yeah. you trade the number one pick for Kaylee Samuelson when you're not a team that has right. one of Kaylee Lou's best friends. Like I, you trade her. Like, like that's, that's smart. easy. That's you, you, yeah. you don't, you don't let the person finish. Hey, we want to trade <laughs> you the number one pick for Katie Lou. Yes. Yes. We, right. yes. Done, done, done. yes. Done. done. Call in the league. <laughs> um, so of course you make the move and I think it's a good, it's a great move, but yeah, I just you know they do have to they do have to do something with these with these picks. It's flat out, and I think you know you look at their roster: uh, Astu Door, Mariah Jefferson, Alicia Gray, Isabel Harrison, Kayla Thornton are all on guaranteed contracts. They are not going mm. anywhere. Satu Sabli, right. Enrique Gumbale, and uh, Ty Harris, Bell Allery, uh, those players are not going anywhere. So that's why uh, I say, like, I, I, I actually think I, I'm with you. I think Megan Gustafson can play in this league. I think she is, like, she could be actually a valuable piece in this league, especially as a depth yeah. league. But I don't know. We have to if it if it has if it comes down to us <laughs> keeping our the number one pick and and Megan, like, I think there's a you have to do that. Now they could make a trade. I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah. I don't know who that could happen. I don't know. I don't know. Because every t- the thing is making this move now. Right. Everyone loves their team. You know? It's, it's the time. Yeah, they want to stay pet. Yeah. Everyone loves their team. And then by the time we get to training camp, you know, every team's going to come out and say, hey, like, so-and-so either lost or gained 15 pounds. Or they, <laughs> you know, like, they look, they're in the best shape of their life. And they've right. got so many skills. and all, So it's like. I don't know where you're going to trade these yeah. picks off to now. Um, right, I, don't right. think, I think you can use some of them on European stashes. Um, mm-hmm. And oh man, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Awa Kunir. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm so sorry. But oh, uh, I'm sorry too. I don't know. She is. Uh, she's from <laughs> Finland. Um, okay. Well, she plays for the Finnish team. She's actually born mm-hmm. in Egypt, but uh, she's really talented. I think that's someone okay. you, can, you could take. You can use the first pick on and then stash your first or second pick because you have both of them. And then right, stash right. somewhere else. Yeah, you have both um, pick. That's crazy. No, no, it's it's a lot to and there's still more to do in Dallas. So sure. That's Dallas. That, yeah. It's our, it's, as I tweeted yesterday, it is season two of one of our favorite television series in the WNBA. <laughs> Dallas has to make a consolidation trade because they can't <laughs> keep all their pieces. I'm your yeah, host, Dave Ibrahim, and I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> well, they've got they've got the chips and the dip down there. Like, God, Lee, they they, <laughs> they have everything, everything they want. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the final roster looks like and and what moves they make, if any. Like, if they, I mean, if they make any, do you think they would just keep it like it is? <sighs> just keep it as is, or do you think they have to make a move? I don't. I mean, 
do they have to make a move? Yeah. Or can they just stay, yeah, they, stay they, with the band? Unless you want to pick someone and then immediately cut them as a first round pick, which I don't I would, think. I don't I would not do that. You know what I mean? I, like, do I don't know. I'm not a and GM. Not- I've never been a GM, but I would tell you what, I, I wouldn't do that. But I, I mean, sometimes it's like you can, as a coach, you can overcoach, right? Mm-hmm. As a GM, sometimes you can over GM. <laughs> like you just, sometimes it's better just, hey, if this is what it is, let's work with what we have and figure it out. So I don't know. It may, it may be that scenario. Maybe they're not going to tinker with, with the roster at all. Well, so there, there's a couple possibilities here because that's exactly what New York did last year and what exactly. Dallas did. Like, yep. They were just like, okay, we'll keep the picks. Like We didn't, we didn't mm-hmm. find value and then look at what New York turned us into in one year and Dallas right. could be in a similar situation come next season. Mm-hmm. However, it's just kind of hard because like it's not in, in last year's situation, New York could keep all their picks. Literally, Dallas this year cannot cut enough players to keep all of their picks. Um, sure. But I do think when you get to the draft and people have been using all their time scouting and they can say, hey, like, we really want X player. You know, if someone drops right. to five, let's say it's, uh, let's pick a name, Dana Evans. Dana Evans drops to five. And some team has fallen in love with Dana Evans because of her work ethic, because what she can do in the clutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you say, hey, we'll trade you our first round pick this year for your first round pick next year. And if it's a team like, uh, I don't know, pick one, pick a contender, right? Like LA. LA's not, LA's not going to care because they're going to think we're going to be really good next year. So we'll trade the 10th overall pick in next year's draft for the fir- for the fifth overall pick of this year's draft. Boom. That's what you do. So yeah, yeah. I think Greg Bibb's doing a good job. It's just numbers game in this league, die enough roster spots. Yeah. We, and I think, about. we talk about it often. Exactly. And it's another young team. I mean, New York, we were talking about them being super young, but Dallas was also super young in Dallas just missed the playoffs by one game or half mm-hmm. game, you know, at the end of the year. So this is a team with a ton of talent. This is a team that, that has all the cards to the chest clearly um, with, with what mm-hmm. their next move is going to be. But I mean, we were talking about New York being young, but they only won a couple of games. So, I mean, this is a Dallas team that's young, but they were right there knocking on the door of the playoffs. So it, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what, what Greg Bibb decides to do down there. Yeah. He's got a lot of work ahead of him. He doesn't mind. He does. It doesn't seem he like does he minds. Mind. Mind. <laughs> no, like, think about what they did. Like, they did a lot this offseason. Like, they hired, they hired Vicky Johnson. Um, yes. Also, Vicky, first year, hey, you got to pick which first-round picks we're keeping. So, have fun in training camp. With them. <laughs> They're like, and shut the door behind you. Like, okay, we're hey. waving at her. Okay, good. Here you go. Here's some paperwork. Here are the players. Like, see you later. Yeah, that's 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 a tough task, man. So I was about to talk about Minnesota, and I was going to criticize Cheryl Reeve, and, uh, and I had a choking attack. So I don't know if she heard what I was going to say and like force choked me from wherever she is. I'm not sure if she's still in South Carolina. <laughs> so you can't do that, man. Hey, Cheryl Reeve. Is Cheryl Reeve made a great move. That's right. You got to leave her alone. That's right, you gotta leave great, her alone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they used, so they used last year's uh, six overall pick on Kiki Herber-Harrigan. Then they traded her off to Seattle for a pick that may or may not be better than six next year. Could be in that range. Um, I think it's a good way to preserve an asset in terms of you get a first-round pick back for a first-round pick that was probably not going to play on your team because you do have Kayla McBride, Nafisa right. Collier, Demiris Dantes, and Ali Chanwa all in front of her. Maybe even Jess Shepard if she's, if she's healthy and wanting to play this year. So I get the move. Um, they still need to make a move for Odyssey Sims to get aerial powers on the roster. 
Yeah. Because they need to trade a protected contract. But I like the move, and I think it's a small one. I think it's one that, again, she picked up the phone, the trade was there, and they did it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I, I think it was a good move, too. I, and I love Shell Reeve anyway. So I, I think, you know, with with her uh, knowledge of the game, with her knowledge of, you know, having compassion for people, just in general, um, she wants the best for them. They know that uh, about her. And they zooted on the floor. Everyone wrote them off saying, well, they lost too much. How can they come back and do anything? Mm-hmm. And you saw what she did last year with that team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no Simone Augustus, I get it. You know, you know, you don't have Maya Moore, you don't have Lindsay Whalen, like you don't have those names, Rebecca Brunson. Uh, but at the same time, you have Cheryl Reeve. And I think people, you know, they, they miss it. You do have Rebecca Brunson. Rebecca well, Brunson's they do a as bitch. a coach. <laughs> <laughs> as a coach. But, right. But I think, you know, even with that being said, like Katie Smith on her staff, I mean, she gets it. She understands that, you know, when you're passionate about the game, you want to stay around it as long as you can. And I think, you know, with with, uh, Katie Smith having a coaching stint with New York and then pulling her on board as an assistant with Rebecca Brunson, you know, it's just that's just awesome stuff. And I just, you know, just as a a person who has a lot of passion for the game, like to see that happening, like it just, I don't know, it's just the right thing. And I think, um, you know, with her knowledge, like I, I was saying, like with her knowledge of the game, like you can put like a lump of clay in front of her and she's going to find a way to make that work um, under her philosophy and they're going to win. They're going to win. And I, that's what I, I appreciate about her the most. It's like everyone can say what they want to say. Everybody can say, oh, she's out of pocket. She's passionate. She's doing this and that and the other thing. And, you know, she's uh, talking to the refs. OK, well, guess what else she's doing? She's winning and and she's bringing winners with her. And I, you know, I just, I give her so much credit for being an example in that way um, for women and, uh, and and creating leaders in that way for the next generation. I I just think it's so vitally important. I think women uh, cower away from being as exuberant and um, expressive with their passion. And, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's called emotion when when women have passion and love for something. But, you know, when when men do it, it's they're Look at how passionate they are. Look how much they care about their team. They're not going to let uh, somebody just do that. Well, who was the coach? Texas Tech coach yeah. who got on his knees the other night. And and, you know, my gosh, Gabe, listen, if I and, and, you know, got two texts, it's like, please give me a tech. And was like on his knees, like begging the rep, like, give me a tech. Give me, you know, listen. If I did that as a coach, as a black woman, like doing that, do you know how fast my wrist would be up my back, headed out the door by security? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a different vibe. It's just a different uh, uh, label, which there shouldn't be any, but it's just a different label uh, of, of what um, energy she brings to the game. And, and she shouldn't ever apologize, which she doesn't. I'm not apologizing no. for uh, the way that I am. And, and people can categorize it the way they want to. But I, I guess, guess what? The, the people that I've learned who have a lot to say about other people in that way don't have much success. <laughs> like, it's never the successful people saying things uh, like that, you know, and, and being critical of, of someone having passion regardless of gender. And sorry, I went on a tangent there, but it just, no. that's just one of my pet peeves. And it, it just it bothers me to no end that there's such a double standard in terms of 
being expressive with what you're passionate about and what your purpose is in life. And, you know, so many people want to like categorize you and keep you quiet, keep you in a box because you're supposed to be demure. Yeah. You're supposed to also be competitive. You're supposed to also be fierce. You're supposed to also be aggressive and that's okay as a woman to be those things. And you can do that and win. And, and that's what Cheryl Reed does. And I, and I appreciate that again. So if she is listening, you know, for <laughs> what she said, um, I hope she is listening because you give her her flowers on that because, uh, you know, it's not discussed enough, I don't think. And I think the narrative on that needs to change. Um, so our daughters and their daughters don't have to continue to uh, to try to undo that. So there's that on that. I, I agree. That. Yeah. And also, Appreciate I want to I let y'all know who are listening, the district champion South Lakes oh, Seahawks, hey. coached <laughs> by Christy Winter Scott, have a game tonight. So if we you go. hear... Whoever's whoever the ref is in that game, you're gonna get it. Best, you better be on your p's and q's because you're gonna get it tonight. I believe that. I do have a little extra. I do have a little extra fire in my voice. Who who, who is yeah. it tonight? This is uh, Chantilly. Oh, Chantilly. Yeah, they're good. So Chantilly. Yeah, we we beat them uh, last year in the regionals in overtime. Um, mm-hmm. They they are bringing everyone back except one player. Uh, and we have one starter returning uh, this season for us, but we've had a, a great run. We've won our last 10 games in a row, Gabe. Yeah, trying yeah. to make it 11 on, on the 11th of February. So 11-11 trying for. But uh, it'll be, a, it'll be a, a tough task for us, but we're, we're ready for it, and we're going to give our best. So all you can do, no regrets, lay it on the line, and, and no, hold, no holding back on anything. So I'm excited. Who's the, who's the one returning starter you got on the team? I believe her name is Brianna Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to Georgetown next year. She's going to Georgetown next year. And the Big East freshman to watch out because Chris is going to be in the stands. <laughs> I'll be there. Hopefully I'll be in the stands and not a cardboard cutout. Oh, yeah, you know? no. I hope no, I'll no. be there to, to we'll be put there some next palm year. bombs. <laughs> I know. Gotta you got to come. Gotta, we'll oh, I, gotta, courtside. I live down the street. Of course I'm coming. We got to be courtside for that, Gabe. Just like we're courtside yes. right now. I love it. If they let us because you, I think me – you and me, like they should definitely give you deference uh, and let you yell and and, and as you as you <laughs> mentioned, with, with, like they should respect they should respect your competitiveness um, as a coach. They do not have to respect me, uh, so I make it kicked out. I make it kicked out next year. We'll see. Uh, but speaking of great basketball and and the Big yeah. East, um, UConn, South Carolina. We have not talked since this game on Monday um, yeah. when. UConn beat South Carolina. It was number one versus that. number two in Gamble Pavilion, 63-59. Um, yeah. It was, well, I'm not, it was a great end to the game. It was a great end. Uh, if you're going to rewatch the game, just kind of skip ahead to the fourth quarter because the first <laughs> the first half was uh, kind of brutal to watch. Both teams couldn't, couldn't find the basket. Um, unfortunately for South Carolina, I thought actually they, they got into their offensive rhythm a little bit, but there's just yeah. a lid on that rim. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's right. Like even on the last play for Zia Cook, I think to, it was either to tie the game. I, I don't remember exactly. No, it was Boston. Wasn't it Boston? I thought she got Boston had a shot at the end both, of the game. Both times. I thought she got fouled both times, but I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to call that. That was it at the end of regulation, but what what it what was interesting to me, Gabe, in that game was that South Carolina had zero fast break points, zero, and you know, 
that's not a Don Staley team. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, you know, like you were saying, those little chippy little layup things, they added up on them. And, you know, I believe they had 16 turnovers and, you know, going the other way for UConn. I mean, when they get downhill, they push with the pass. They don't, they don't dribble it up the floor. They're like kicking it ahead. And um, Paige Beckers, well, you know, our, our friend Curtis on Twitter, he, he called her Paige Bonkers. <laughs> and oh I God, thought Chris. that was great. I thought that was great. I mean, she was insane. Yes. I mean, she, that shot that went up uh-huh. and touched the heavens and came right back down into the net. I was hollering when that happened. Yeah. I was like, did that just happen? Like, that was insane. Come on. And um, this kid, I mean, she said that was the first time her dad had seen her play this season. And, you know, she was playing inspired basketball and, and she, came to UConn for those kinds of games. And it was, it was great in, in that respect towards the end of regulation and into overtime. And um, you really saw the best of, of both teams in terms of digging down and putting their ears back and fighting for a win. So it was fun to watch that part. I think that shot by Paige, right? Yeah. There are those, the reason, one of the reasons I love basketball is there's these times where you see something and it just is so incredible yeah. that you have to laugh. <laughs> right. Like I'm, it's yeah. like one of those things like, you know, yeah. sometimes like when they're like, when, when let's Bam Adebayo had that giant block in the Eastern conference finals last year, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like at my TV, like, yeah, I'm like, Aah! and then when, <laughs> when someone, and, and then there's other plays like this page play where the ball just bounces up. I'm like, yeah. there's no shot that's going in. Right. Like this is the end of regulation. Like they're only, yeah. like, this is their I'm only like, chance the ball has to go in or else they're going to lose. And it just drops right in. It's like, Dang you just start laughing and, and you, I think right. that that's, that's why we love the sport, but man, what a, what a performance by her. She played 45 minutes in that game. One mm. of, of UConn 63 points by Paige. And this is a baby. I mean, she's a freshman. They have no seniors on their team game. She's leading the team in scoring with almost 22 a game. I mean, what an upside for this kid. It's never been done to have that many consecutive 30 point performances as a freshman at UConn. And you're talking about Maya Moore, Sue Bird, Mm -hmm. Swin Cash. (laughs) I mean, the list goes on and on. Diana Tarazi, like, oh my gosh, like these, these phenomenally iconic figures in UConn women's basketball history. It has never been done. I mean, she's not even all the way through her freshman year yet. And you know, she's being compared to to these players who, you know, have etched their their legacy in um, in, mm-hmm. in UConn women's basketball. So I I don't know. It's just it's fun to see um, her step up to the expectations of others. Um, yeah. I think she's she doesn't need to step up to the expectations she has of herself or uh, of that that Gino and his staff have for her. Um, but I think there were some wide eyes looking to see well can she do it against the top tier uh, competition? And it's one against two. And here's this kid dropping almost half of UConn's points and in a dramatic fashion down the stretch. What did she score the last 13 points for UConn? 14 points for UConn. 14 points. I mean, come on. I mean, not a lot of freshmen are built that way. Not a lot of seniors are built that way. I mean, she is tough. And, you know, she's bona fide baller. That's what I call her. I'm a bona fide mm-hmm. baller who loves the game, who has her mind right, plays the game slow. And when I say slow, it's not speed. I'm not talking about pace. Yeah. I'm talking about mentally 
Like she doesn't let the defense rush her. She navigates and surveys like with, with so much wisdom. And that's the beauty of her game. Like you can, you can do whatever you want to do to her defensively. And she's not going to change the way she plays. Like, okay, you can do that. Exactly. Like you can do that if you want to, but this is what I'm going to do. So good luck stopping it. (laughs) I love the confidence of, of that kind of play that she has presented for UConn. I think she's, uh, she's phenomenal in that way. Yeah. And I think, um, at the same time for South Carolina, Aaliyah Boston is just a special man. I mean, the things that she can do at her size to have the hurt. And and this is going to sound weird, but I always watch her hips, right? Cause you see mm-hmm. bigs at this stage and they don't quite yeah. have the movement of their hip. They don't, they can't swivel as quickly as you mm-hmm. want them to. And she is mm-hmm. great at it. She has great hips. She's got yeah. great feet on defense. She has amazing instincts. She can do so much on the offensive yeah. end as well, whether it's bullying people or hitting threes. Although Don Staley, uh, Monica McNutt, who was doing the color on this game, oh yeah, fantastic. She brought. She told everyone like uh, sometimes Don Staley calls Aaliyah Boston jump shot Judy when she's taking a lot of jump shots. Yeah, yeah, really funny. But I'm gonna settle. Right. I, the thing that I get really excited about with Aaliyah Boston is there's so much more room to grow. Yeah. Like she, she, That's can, the grow, mm-hmm. she can grow as a, on her rebounding skills, like. And that's, that's not, I think people think that's an instinct and yeah. it's not, it's what, it's what Dennis Rodman says in the last dance. Like that is something you got to practice by seeing the ball go off the rim 8 million times. And you eventually yeah. kind of start to figure out where it's going. She yeah. can do, she can get better there. She can get better at when, when there's at some points, there's basically like a triple team. She would get a double team. Then there'd be a third person, like the dunker spot, stopping her mm-hmm. from looking for mm-hmm. a pass. When she can start hitting that pass, it's over. Cause I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do when yeah. you have, a player that big and that skilled. So I think South yeah. Carolina is going to be just fine. Um, yeah. They're tough as I hell. Mean, they're tough as hell. They are. And I, I nearly fell out when Aaliyah Boston did that step back from the mm-hmm. mid, mid range. Oh, oh my gosh. And I, and, and, yeah. And, and Lisa Boddington was, was on the, on the game with Monica. And I, I just thought that both of them were great. And oh, they did. for, for, um, for Aaliyah Boston, like just the overall efficient, numbers that she puts up, you know, with defenses already locked in on her, um, trying to take those things away from her, but still somehow she, she manages and it's tougher. I think if you're the, the post player who is drawing that defense, I think it's tougher, um, to navigate because you don't know which way the double and triple Mm -hmm. teams are going to be coming from, but I think she's gotten so much better in making those reads, um, as a passer. I think she has great vision and, and while she can face and and knock in threes and and do other things, I think, man, her ability to, to read coverages that are coming her way, that may be different every other possession. I think she has really become quite a passer um, over the last two seasons in, in that way for Dodds Daly in South Carolina. Oh, and she's a sophomore. She's a baby. She's a baby too. I mean, you know, Paige I'm Becker not calling is freshman. Her baby. I mean, I, I, I am. I'm calling her a baby. I'm calling her a baby. I mean, you have a, a sophomore in her and a, and a freshman in Paige Beckers. I mean, just the the excitement of that alone, just saying that out loud, is, is so thrilling to me. Uh, just because they they have so much more to to learn, and that's the scary part, right? It's like you know they're already dominating 
at at this young stage in their careers. And, you know, you you think forward to what they'll look like as pros, you know, and maybe that's just me jumping that far forward. But, man, it's just that's fun to think about, you know, how much more they'll they will learn about themselves and and about their teammates and and about the game. So it's fun. I want to see, I want to see, I I don't know if they, I'm not sure what like the future schedules are because like whatever, (laughs) but I need to see this game like at least three more times while these, while these (laughs) players are in college. Cause like, this is going to be awesome. Um, Like I think we get two more, we have two more games. No, cause we have them in the tournament, man. But if they come back and I need to see this in the tournament. I really do. Rematch. Yeah. See if South Carolina can uh, get up and down the floor a little bit. Mm, They're going to be, I want to see a really mad South Carolina. I want to see South Carolina get back at NC State, uh, who lost to unranked um, North Carolina after beating number one right. Louisville. Weird season. Weird season. Right. Yeah. I want to see that game. And, yeah. And then I also good. want to see the South Carolina UConn matchup again. Yeah, that that North Carolina uh, NC State game was was quite something. I mean, North Carolina came with it uh, yeah. that game against NC State and. You know, right after, like you said, right after knocking off Louisville um, almost in the same week and uh, turning right back around and, and taking that loss. I, I, you know, that's that's the the ups and downs of the season. I mean, you know, in the Big Ten, you see uh, Ohio State run off all those big um, ranked wins in the Big Ten conference where five teams are in the top 25 and then they lost to Wisconsin uh, this week. So it, it's, you know, you just have to be ready to go night in and night out. No breaks. You gotta, you gotta go hard. No excuses, right? No excuses, no regrets. Those are the, those are the four words that you have to keep at the top of your mind. Do you want to, do you want to apologize to Kevin McGuff for picking him to be coach of the year, <laughs> and then them no, losing? No, I. You or know do what? you expect an apology? I don't know. I, you know what, man? I, it was tough. They always say they want us to choose the midseason award winners. So player of the year, easy Nas Hillman for me right now. Yeah. Um, uh, freshman of the year in the Big Ten and maybe nationally, uh, Caitlin Clark, Iowa. Um, surprise team, I said, was Nebraska because they had some some really great wins um, over the last couple of weeks in the conference play, including against Ohio State as well. But then it came time to say coach of the year. And I was wavering, obviously, between uh, Brenda Freeze, who's tied um, Maryland at the top of the Big Ten with Indiana. Uh, Indiana just beat Penn State this week. But, you know, it was between Brenda and, and Kevin McGuff for Coach of the Year, and I was going back and forth, and I was like, well, Ohio State beat Maryland. So I went with Kevin McGuff uh, on the broadcast yesterday. Went against the alma mater. Penn State. I don't want to see if I go for her, then I'm a homer. Like, I can't win. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? But I was, I mean, it was it was warranted. It wasn't like, it was like a random thing. And I think, you know, a lot of people would say Brenda Freeze. And I and I did. That was like my knee jerk reaction was like, Brenda Freeze and done. And then I was like, well, shoot, you know, they lost to Ohio State. Does that look wrong? You know? And I said, all right. So I flipped it because they did have some, some great wins, but so has Maryland. And so I don't know. And then now they lost to Wisconsin. So it's Brenda Freeze, my coach of the year. So if we can like get a new graphic <laughs> <laughs> that displays my change there. But I, Kevin McGuff and I, we're good. You know, yeah. he understands and whatever. But it's, it is what it is. But in a year where they're not going to go to the NCAA tournament, Ohio State, like they need all these conference wins to get the regular season championship. Yeah. Because that's what they're fighting for right now. So it's, it's just interesting. And Indiana, like I said, is tied with Maryland and 
Uh, they don't play Maryland again. Maryland beat them by four, 84 to 80 earlier um, in January, but they don't play them again. Like they only get them one time. So Indiana and Maryland are going to be neck and neck uh, throughout the rest of the regular season to see who uh, ends up at the top. The, the scenarios for all of these conferences, because a lot of them, I mean, I think the SEC is kind of out of reach at this point. I'm going to say, I don't know, because like, no, Texas A&M only has one loss. I always forget this. Texas A&M and Tennessee, who they play each other tonight. Right. Only have one loss, and they are trailing South Carolina. So if either one of them gets South Carolina, I they could win, right? Like, they, yeah, Texas A&M plays them. And, and Tennessee yeah. plays them. So... It's all crazy. It's all up in the air. And guess what? We're in like mid February. So the tournament's coming crazy. This doesn't even feel like it, but you're right. I don't even know what day it is actually sometimes, but definitely, you know, the months are rolling by as well. We're almost in the middle of February. Like you said, that's crazy. Every guy knows almost what day it is because Valentine's. Well, you should know if you're. Oh, yeah. Valentine's Day is coming up. If you have a significant other, it's Valentine's Day. If you've forgotten, I'm reminding you it is on Sunday. Make sure you get something. That's Don't, right. Anything. And like do not anything. go and try to get flowers on Sunday. It is not going to work out for you. You're going to have yeah. to figure out something else. And to be clear, um, we don't want flowers anyway. So, oh, okay. So you- I mean, some people do, but I mean, I can get myself flowers. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I don't the really. Point as know. always, <laughs> ask your significant other what they want for whatever day go. it is. Just ask. That, that's, there is it. There it is. Good game. Look at you learning along the way. I, uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> I picked it up very quickly. <laughs> that's good. I was I was told this information. That's see, I see. And you've learned. And it's wonderful. I'm telling you what, do not go get those flowers on Sunday. Do not do that. Right? Unless, you, unless you've been told you to get them. About it. Right. You haven't even thought about it. Like you just, okay, let me run to the store and grab a thing of flowers. Here you go. Like, come on, man. That's like telling your kids, like, <laughs> oh what do you say? Somebody gives them a piece of candy. What do you say? Oh, thank you. Like, that's that whole sentiment. Like, we don't have to, like, no, don't do that. That's, yeah, do a little better. Do a little oh, better. God. <laughs> yes. If you, if you've just thought about this now, just say, we're going to celebrate Valentine's day a little bit later. That's my, that's right. my, uh, <laughs> that's, that's my same. advice. Hit that's me up on Twitter. <laughs> Gabe Ibrahim, Gabe underscore Ibrahim. I'll let you know what you should, what you should do. If you've right. really just remembered it's Valentine's day. Absolutely. And you can hit me up to on Twitter at Christy W Scott 51. So I can help advise you if you need help for yes. Valentine's day gifts or ideas. Christy, <laughs> Christy will good. make fun of you though. I won't judge I you. Will. I understand. I really will. <laughs> I, I understand. Will. But it's all love. It's all love. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on court side. So many things to decipher. Oh my goodness. With the WNBA free agency movement. And I'm sure there's going to be more. We're not done, I guess, with, with how things are going to shake out before the WNBA mm-hmm. season starts. But wow, we are right at the top of the hill on the roller coaster for NCAA. Oops. Can't wait to see what else happens on that front as well. Gabe, thank you so much for your time. I love sitting courtside with you, chatting hoops, catching up with all of the uh, inner and outer workings in the in the game of hoops. All right.